Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon are out enjoying some much-deserved time off. I am Aaron Torres. He is Jason Martin, and we are broadcasting live from the Tyrec.com studios. Tyrec.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast-free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrec.com, the way tire buying should be. By the way, J-Mart and I will also be in for Jason and Mike on Monday following the Rose Bowl, and obviously we will start the show in the middle of the second college football playoff game. It would be Texas and Washington, which kicks off about 8.30 Eastern time. We'll be taking you through that one. Jason and Mike will be back on Tuesday. So Jason Martin, so it's interesting. So as I just said, in addition to uh, uh, coming in for Jason and Mike tonight and Monday, we also host the Saturday Fox Sports Radio Show. And one thing I said uh, last Saturday was I said, you know, I'm looking forward to hosting the college football playoff, uh, you know, recap show. We're going to be the first voices that people hear when that second game goes final. I'm thrilled uh, and I'm just, you know, honored that, that, that the bosses want both of us in at that time slot. But I bring it up because I also mentioned, I said, you know, I'm also excited to work on Friday because we have a Cotton Bowl game between Missouri and Ohio State. And I said, look, Ohio State obviously coming off a third straight loss to Michigan. Um, you know, but what I found interesting was 
immediately after the game, it felt like there was some frustration with Ryan Day, and then it immediately became a de facto criticize the quarterback who, for people who don't follow Ohio State on a day-to-day basis, was a kid named Kyle McCord. He ends up leaving this offseason essentially because of the fact that I think essentially, like, Ryan Day basically told me, you're not good enough, we're going to recruit over you, whatever, whatever, whatever. I bring it up, Jason, because obviously if Ohio State had won it, this would not be a story, but... Right now, as we speak, on social media, the phrase fire day is trending on Twitter. Um, I don't think December 29th is fire day uh, somewhere uh, that I'm just not aware of, but I know it's a little dramatic. Ryan Day is not getting fired, but for uh, we, we get told that all of these bowl games are meaningless. But to have a quote-unquote offensive genius head coach, and I understand the starting quarterback who was the backup for most of the season, Devin Brown, did get hurt early in the game. Ohio State finishes with 203 yards of total offense, three total points, zero points over the final three quarters. And I'll tell you what, Jason, people are frustrated as you know what with Ryan Day right now. Like I said, the the way that I talked about how you set up a paper trail – if there's somebody you want to let go and you know it's going to be difficult or there's going to be a union involved or something like that, you look at everything. You try to find every little thing that you can put in that file that you can use as evidence to get the result that you're looking for. In this case, I think a lot of the frustration now existed long before they kicked that ball off tonight. And now you've got something else you put in that file, especially if that's the result you're 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 wanting um the problem for ryan day is his his he doesn't really have anything to throw back at that critique because here we go again it's not just ohio state now where you are coaching as if you're the mascot for the cotton bowl meaning you are coaching soft you are coaching like a cotton ball this is one you should have won ryan because it feels like it's right in your wheelhouse when you play against a team in a big game like Michigan for the last two years, the aggression's out the window. The creativity's out the window. Everything's super vanilla, super careful, uh, to a fault. And you kind of handcuff your own team because you're afraid. That's how it looks from the outside watching the performance, especially considering the aggressive nature of how you play against Rutgers or somebody like that. So now it's Missouri. Uh, That's not Alabama. That's not... Michigan. That's not one of those kind of programs. It's Missouri. They're good. They're a top 10 team, but it's Missouri. Your quarterback goes down early. He's 4-6 for 20 yards. The guy that's going to you know, take over from McCord now that he's hit the transfer portal and gone elsewhere. He gets injured early, and you're terrified. And I saw it, and you, you read it early, Ari Wasserman's tweet about being afraid for your third-string quarterback to throw. It's the Cotton Bowl. What do you have to lose? I mean, yeah, you might lose the game, but who cares? You lost the game anyway, and you still were coaching scared. You still were coaching conservatively. So, yeah, the reason why you're seeing fire Ryan Day isn't because they lost to Missouri. It's because this is becoming a script in too many games that actually matter to the fan base. They didn't want to lose to Missouri. They they really didn't, I don't think. And they look at this, and again, they're already not happy with you. You lose this game right into that file, right onto that paper trail, makes it easier for them to call for your head. 
couple notes here. One, uh, three points scored was the fewest of the Ryan Day era. I assume that's as a head coach because uh, he was an offensive coordinator there for a little while. Also, this is this is the stat that I think is is kind of the money stat, if you will, as far as Ryan Day is concerned. He is now. I just want to make sure I find this. I get all my numbers correct here. Uh, this is via CFB report, if I can ever find it, and I'm having trouble finding it all of a sudden. This is bad radio, whatever. He is 0-3 versus the SEC, which I think is worth noting. Let me see if I can find it. I, I don't know how I, I just lost this tweet. This is awful, awful, awful radio. But he is now, uh, in his career as the Ohio State head coach, Ryan Day is now, he is now 0-3 versus the SEC, as I said. He is now 1-6 versus Top 10 teams, if that... Okay, here it is. 56-8 and eight overall. So everyone who wants to say, oh, you know, he wins a bunch of games. Okay, that's cool. But as Jason said, he doesn't win the games that his fan base cares about. 1-3 versus Michigan. 0-3 versus the SEC. 1-6 versus top five teams. That doesn't necessarily apply to tonight. But it doesn't change the fact, Jason, that... And keep in mind, too, here's the other thing. This is Ohio State. This isn't even Penn State. Even Oregon. I mean, there are, even within the crux of of good teams in college football, there is another tier that the expectation level is just different, and I think Ohio State is in that conversation. There is nothing that they don't have where they shouldn't be competing at the highest level of the sport, and I know you can argue that they are, but when you are the Ohio State head coach and you're 0-3 in the last three seasons against Michigan— Zero Big Ten title game appearances, zero Big Ten championships, zero uh, uh, wins in the college football playoff. They did make it last year in just one appearance. Like, this is Ohio State. This isn't, like, I don't know where to draw the line between third string quarterback and Cotton Bowl as opposed to this is Ohio State. And, like, you you shouldn't, I don't want to say you can't ever lose a game to a team like Missouri because Missouri's 11-2. But the manner in which you did it off the last time that we saw you, the starting quarterback basically gets forced into the portal. I don't know how you can't, as you said, Jason, look at a resume that continues to build upon itself and just say this guy at the very least is not coaching to the caliber of what should be expected of an Ohio State football coach. So I'm going to say something I'm not sure I have ever said about Ryan Day, and it's because during your – your last response right there, it finally hit me. One guy, there have been a couple coaches that I have been pretty consistently negative on throughout the course of our show over the years. One of them is Jimbo Fisher. The other one is James Franklin. And the big reason that I've gone after James Franklin is because he talks a good game, but they never beat anybody that matters. Sure. They never do. They lose in these key games. They lose to Ohio State, or they lose to Michigan, or they lose games that they have no business losing. And so I don't care what they do against also Rands. I don't care what they do in a lot of these things. I want to see them do something. I want to see the offense do what it's supposed to do. I feel like he's overrated as a game day coach. I understand he recruits well. I understand a lot of these things, but it just seems to me that he's overrated, and I didn't understand the contract extension and the fact that, oh, well, everybody's going to be crawling over broken glass for James Franklin. I, I don't think so. Like, I think he's I think he's pretty good, but I, I, that's about it. I, I think that that resume is pretty complete at this point, and there is a flaw there that I'm not sure you can fix. If I'm going to be consistent with that argumentation that I lay out about James Franklin, 
then Ryan Day is overrated too. Then Ryan Day is not a particularly good game coach either. He's not that good on Saturday because every critique that I have laid out about James Franklin over the last half decade or more, Ryan Day is guilty of right now. And I can throw in that he gets conservative. I don't think James Franklin gets conservative. I'm not sure he does have the horses. And I, I'm not so sure we've ever called him an offensive genius either. But if I'm going to level that critique towards James Franklin, then I've got to be consistent and level it towards Ryan Day. Because in big games, of which I'm not even sure Penn State qualifies at this stage because of the James Franklin factor, I am at this point, I feel like any time Ohio State and Michigan play, I'd better take Michigan. Because I can feel like at least they're going to give me full-on effort and they're going to go for broke in that game. And then in a bowl, the most impressive game of Ryan Day's entire coaching career was a loss to Georgia last year. Sure. Mm-hmm. What does that say? If I'm going to level that critique against Franklin, I've got to level it against Day. So I've never said it before, I don't think. But Ryan Day, as a game day coach, yes, he is flat-out overrated. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, he coaches scared, which we, we saw tonight. And, okay, if you want to make the argument third-string quarterback, whatever, I don't think you should make it because it is the freaking Cotton Bowl. But the counter to that would be like, you know, the counter to that would be you have the third-string quarterback. Okay, whatever. But here's the thing. He coaches scared in every big game. Like, like you can even – the Penn State game they won, and both coaches were coaching scared. Then you have the Michigan game, where to your point that you brought up earlier in the show, this is Aaron Torres, Jason Martin filling in for 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 Jason and Mike, and, and we've talked about this a little bit throughout the show, but, you know, they were facing an interim head coach. Like, like maybe, maybe we haven't even brought up that part enough. He not only, Sharon Moore now has more wins in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry over the last three seasons than Ryan Day does, and... He was coaching scared. He was punting from inside his own territory. Uh, Sharon Moore was the guy who was calling, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, aggressive, uh, uh, yes. creative, exactly. go for broke. He was everything that we were told Ryan Day was supposed to be. Yes, and so, you know, and and it's so tough to have these conversations because obviously the the logical question is like, oh, I mean, if you lose, if you don't want Ryan Day, who do you want? And it's like, well, there's two thoughts to that one. Neither Jason or I is actually saying he should be fired, despite the fact that it is trending on social media. But two, and this is the more important part, I will also counter with saying this, Jason. If you're not beating Michigan, and by the way, it goes to a 12-team playoff next year, so maybe things change. By the way, maybe Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, maybe that element of it changed. But here's my here's my argument. Everyone will say, well, well who are you going to get that's better? I mean, you mean to tell me there's nobody available that can beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, and, and go to a four-team college football playoff? So... I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say. Really quick, because again, you and I do the Saturday show, and and I will say, like, we had the conversation about Lincoln Riley uh, when things started to go bad. Of, you know, two two phases is should he try to go to the NFL, and would anybody want him at this point? Um, do you think with all these coaching jobs that are going to open up, like one, do you think Ryan Day? Because what I keep going back to, Jason, is not that he's going to be fired. It's not that he even should be fired. But what I will say, the next nine months of that guy's life are going to suck. Like, I'm sorry. Now, maybe there's something that happens. Maybe there's a player they get out of the portal. I don't know. But you just put up three points in a postseason game against, as you said, freaking Missouri, with due respect to Missouri. 
but you've you put up three points against Missouri, and 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 I just think it's going to be a miserable nine months for him. So, uh, do you think he should at least look in the, look to the NFL? Do you think he is of interest to the NFL, given that as we've said, he's supposed to be an offensive genius. His team can't move the football. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not like I all of a sudden don't think he's worthy of anything. I just yeah, I agree. I think that we are getting to the point where the, well, who are you going to get that's better argument doesn't hold that much water because I think there are a lot of guys that can take an Ohio State program that is pretty much always good and go beat Maryland and beat Rutgers and beat Michigan State and beat these schools. The the one thing that I think we have to keep in mind, and I think Ryan Day in the back of his head knows this too, 12-team playoff might be the greatest thing in the world for him because now the Michigan game isn't going to be everything, except maybe to that fan base, but it's not going to be in terms of getting a shot to play in a college football playoff. So you're not going to have to make your case about you're still one of the four best teams in the country even after you lose to Michigan year after year after year, if indeed that continues. But eventually, it's not going to be good enough. Right now, if you wanted to argue that it is not good enough, it would be hard to then fight against that without just calling in again all the games that he has won that Ohio State fans you mentioned earlier that Ryan Day suggests and has said out loud I coach at Ohio State I'm expected to win every game I actually listen to that and I hear a plea for sympathy Hmm. I hear it as I'm expected to win every game as a coach of Ohio State but don't you think that's bleeping ridiculous like don't you think that's a lot of pressure to put on me? I'm expected to win every game. It, it feels to me like you are begging in that moment. But if you're expected to win every game, that means they're penciling in Ws against everybody that you have beaten. The ones that you haven't beaten happen to be the ones that matter three, four times more to everybody that cares about Ohio State football. And as such, I think a lot of them look at your resume, and the best that they can muster, Aaron, is a shoulder shrug. It is incredible. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to keep beating home the point is uh, nobody actually thinks he's going to be fired, but performances in big game. And and, and I'll wrap on this because we got to get out of here, get to, to Pete Futek. But um, but I, this is almost a worst case scenario because you could have lost this game and lost 30 to 27 and said, OK, the offense is OK. We're going to be OK. It's whatever. But to lose 14-3, to and my last, last, last thought, I promise, it feels like prior to this, there's always been some sort of excuse. Even this year, well, you know, you lost the last two, but it was Connor Stallion stealing signs. Well, no stealing signs the last game. Then it was Kyle McCord, the starting quarterback, took a lot of the blame. There is no one to blame today other than Ryan Day. Fox Sports Radio, this is the Jason Smith Show. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon are out. Aaron Torres and Jason Martin are in. And winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain for others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever tires, whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires shipped fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is also available in most areas. Have you heard about this? 
They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. Jason and Mike will be back on Tuesday. We are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So what I want to do, Jason, I do want to go straight to the phone lines. We are joined now by a guest who joins Jason and Mike every Friday around this time. Pete Futek, writer for CollegeFootballNews.com. Pete, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Happy holidays. Well, apparently what's not going on is the regular host. Who takes off this time of year? It's, it's the NFL's happening and the bowl games and 
everything's happening right now. So this this is like this is like the sports time of the year for everyone. Well, I will say this, uh, and, and we do want to get your thoughts on the um, on the the Ohio State debacle tonight. But what I will say, Pete, one. I think me, you, and Jason are brothers in arms about the quote-unquote too many bowl games, but I was thinking about this today. It's exactly what you said. This is a sports cornucopia because everybody's off of work, and for everybody that complains there's too many bowl games, what else would you have been doing today besides watching like a wildly entertaining Kentucky-Clemson game, at least in the fourth quarter? So so you, you, you just brought it up. Everybody's off of work. Everybody's having a good time. You have these bowl games that don't really mean anything, but sort of mean anything, but don't. I don't. Even, that's not really a question as much as a statement, Pete. But I, I would assume you probably agree with me that you at least enjoy these bowl games, even if they don't quote unquote mean anything. I'm not a too many bowl games guy. I, I'm like, we don't, you don't, they don't watch. No one's making you. I, I'm a too many NBA guy. guy. <laughs> sure. Like, uh, like seriously, I don't know why any reasonable or rational human being would watch any NBA basketball game until May or a baseball game until September. Because, like, look, I will watch every single second of the NBA playoffs, but we're five months away from anything that matters. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, do you really care about these games, these bowl games? Well, if you bet you do, because then they're fun and there's something on. And like you said, what are you going to do? Talk to your family? Like, who wants to do that? Like, you have football on today. So uh, it's just something to watch. If you don't feel like watching, don't. And my advice is always that, yeah, yeah, some of these games are brutally tough watches. And if you can tell right out of the gate that it's not happening, get out. But we've been lucky so far. Like, usually, like the, the Notre Dame-Oregon State game today, you could tell pretty much from jump that, nope, this is just get out, get, go do something else, go go shopping, go walk the dog, whatever you need to do. That, that You don't need to watch that game. But for the most part, there's so many of them. Strength in numbers, you know, what we're seeing is with all the transfer portal guys and the guys out, the guys who are stepping up and playing are playing hard. It's making for some pretty entertaining football. Um, hashtag fire Ryan Day. Thoughts? I, uh, oh, I, yeah. You don't want to, like, boo-hoo, he's making $9.5 million a year. I mean, that's, you know, it could be worse. But, yeah. I mean, this is this is a rough one because the next eight months he's going to have to hear that he has not beaten Michigan in two years. Uh, I think the says they have not had a back-to-back season of losing of closing uh, seasons with loss to Michigan, loss in bowl game uh, since 1990-1991. Forgetting the fact that last year they won the national championship if the kid hits the field goal straight, but whatever. No one seems to like that in Ohio State world. And yeah, I'm kind of an apologist, like. He doesn't lose to bad teams ever. I mean, at the end of the day, this loss to Mizzou tonight is—it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not the national championship, so who cares if you're Ohio State? But uh, you should have come up with something a little more creative, uh, just in case your number—you know—two backup who was starting didn't uh, wasn't able to go. And at the end of the day, they lost to a team that's probably going to finish ranked sixth in the final polls. So they, he doesn't lose to Maryland. He doesn't lose to Purdue. He doesn't lose to, you know, the mediocre. His losses come to the biggest of the big. And be careful what you wish for, Ohio State Nation. 
it is not as easy as everyone thinks to just go out there and be in the national championship hunt every single year, even at Ohio State. So this is probably a dumb question, um, but I'll ask it anyway. I, I ask dumb questions all the time. 12-team <laughs> playoff. I think you can. I think you can certainly argue it, it helps Ohio State because obviously you know you don't have to essentially beat Michigan to get in. But Ohio State is one of those few programs where it isn't going to be good enough just to get into the playoff. If you're Ole Miss, if you're Missouri, if you're whomever, it'll be great to just get into that 12-team field. Now Ryan Day is going to basically have an invitational to it because, as you said, he doesn't, to his credit, ever take bad losses. So I guess the, that's the question. 12 no with you. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, that, that was where I was going. It, it helps him, but I also I don't want to say it hurts him but I don't think it's the benefit that a lot of other coaches will get just to get there, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. And the question you're asking is, what is the reasonable and rational explanation, or explanation, a rational expectation for uh, a team like a program like Ohio State or a program like Alabama or a program like Georgia or Michigan? Because, you know, the, this is the bad part about this. It's a silly argument, but it actually makes sense. How happy is every Missouri fan on the planet right now? Like they're 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 busting. They're like this is everything to them. They just had 11 wins. They beat uh, Ohio State. They had a great year. They're going to finish in top six, maybe top five if everything breaks the right way. I mean, this is a humongous year. How, they could not possibly be more ecstatic about how this season ends. Look at Dabo Sweeney today. This is Clemson. This is a national championship or bust program that went through a, you know, a little bit of a rocky season, but another nine-win season, again, and to be careful what you wish for, that is hard to do, even at a place like Clemson every single year. And Clemson fan base is ecstatic right now. I mean, yeah, it stinks that it didn't go where they want, but they're happy. That's why, that's why so many coaches and so many administrators love bowl games. Because even if they don't really matter and they're kind of exhibitions and all that, when you, we all forget in our little sports bubble that to most of the world, they don't care. They just want to see the uniforms out there play, and they're just happy when they win and mad when they lose. So if you have 41 bowl games, or 42, whatever it is, and you have 42 winners, 42 programs close out the season with a win, and everyone's happy, happy for the next eight months. And so there's hope. There's momentum. There's all that kind of stuff. People keep their jobs. They get raises when that happens. So to the point is, yes, the, the, the real expectation going forward for Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, the big power programs is get in every year. That's not going to be as easy as everyone makes it seem because you, you're going to have to win 10 games. These power conferences just got a whole heck of a lot nastier with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and the Big Ten getting all those top Pac-12 programs. And you look at the rest of the, the playoff world. Everybody else, including NBA, NHL, baseball, basically 50% or more of every team gets into the playoffs and the pros. In college basketball, something like 38% get into the NCAA tournament. Even with an expanded playoff, you're still going to only get like 12% of all of college football teams are going to get into this college football playoff. It's not going to be that easy. Pete, um, there are two games that we know do matter on Monday that everybody knows matters, and uh, maybe not enough attention's been paid to Washington, Texas, which I think could be an excellent football game and probably will be. But if you look at the other one, 
Um, do you feel like Michigan's defense is getting the respect it deserves going into this matchup with Alabama? Because it does seem like, and Aaron mentioned this early in the program, that the the consensus coming out now is just kind of like, oh, well, Michigan's defense is going to be exposed like all Big Ten defenses are against SEC opponents. Is that how you see this going? Yeah, it's going to happen tonight. I know this is a weird take uh, based on what happened. That Ohio State defense was a thing. I mean, they had those guys. I mean, they got gassed at the end. You can only do so much when your offense is going three and out every single time. Uh, but they held Missouri to a shutout for 45 minutes. I mean, that defense was balling out, and it was just that good. It's, let's see what happens with Penn State and Ole Miss tomorrow. So I kind of think that Penn State defense is just that good. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I, I buy that Michigan's defense is that good. I buy that their lines are good enough to hold up. Now, you never, ever, 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 ever pick against Alabama. I've never, I, I always default to Alabama. I will always pick Alabama until I admit that this pick is wrong. But I think Michigan wins. I just they, they just have that kind of psycho team thing happening this year that we've seen in the past with some of these other college football playoff programs that just have that focus, just have whatever you need. To have. They, have, they really haven't had a blip this year. I mean, what's crazy is they, they haven't had to deal with any real on-field adversity. I mean, when they, they were down like 7 nothing, I believe it was Merrill, actually it was Indiana, I think, that they were down 7 nothing. I think they won like 52-7. to you know, that's, a, that's the biggest deficit, the biggest you know, stress test they had to face outside of that final drive by, against Ohio State. So they have just been that good. But we saw it last year where somehow they gagged it away against TCU and didn't play up to their count level. And this is Alabama, and you'd better be absolutely rock solid on this. So, uh, again, you never pick against Alabama, but I'm going to do it now very sheepishly. Well, Pete, I'll say this. Your take on Ohio State's defense somehow potentially at least maybe meaning something that was something we actually talked about earlier, and part of it is I do live in L.A., uh, and I, I have been at Rose Bowl Media Availability, and I have heard a lot about, oh, you know, well, I mean, those Big Ten defenses are overrated because the offenses are so bad. Well, Missouri was the top 30 offense this this year and really couldn't do anything against Ohio State until the final few minutes. We'll wrap with this, Pete. Uh, you just gave us great insight into the first game. How about that second game, that nightcap Washington-Texas? Yeah, really fast. Like the, the argument, the, the counter to you, what you just said is great. Whose defense is that good? Sure. Like if you're if you're looking at all these other conferences, who really has this D that's killing everybody? Because it's not really consistent across the board. I I will be shocked if Texas doesn't beat Washington. It's Texas. It's going to blow it at some point. We know it. But Washington all the all year has been playing with fire. They are great in the last ninety seconds. They still should have lost to Arizona State. They still should have lost to Stanford. Now, give them credit. You pull, it, pull those games out. But I kind of think that this is the moment where if you get pressure on Michael Penix Jr., that offense starts to, starts to stall a bit, and I think Texas is going to dial it up. I think it's Texas versus Michigan for the national championship, but the national championship is actually being played in the Rose Bowl on Monday. He is Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Pete Futek. Pete, man, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the insight. And uh, enjoy the games the rest of this weekend straight into Monday night. Thank you for the time. Have a, have a good one, guys. 
That is Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Come back, react to some of the stuff that Pete had to say, but we do want to toss it over the news desk. Steve DeSager, what is trending, my friend? Ohio State with a truly awful offensive showing in the Cotton Bowl tonight. Lost 14-3 to to Missouri. Is Ohio State tough? DeSager, uh, well, I was <laughs> I was going to ask you, but okay, I didn't know Lou Holtz was co-hosting with me tonight. <laughs> I, I was hey, gonna... come to think of it. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. Okay. Must be talking about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. All right. Ryan, it's Ryan Day against the world. I can update the score. World one, Ohio nothing. (laughs) Actually, world one, Ohio State three. To say, to real quick, I know this is an update we have a lot to get to. Are we being too harsh? I I know they were down to their third string QB. But three points for the Ohio State. Go ahead. The floor is here. Here's why you're not being too tough. Because you constantly recruit at an elite level at this program, and you showed nothing tonight. That's astounding to me. Yeah. They were up 3-0 going to the fourth quarter. Mizzou gets two touchdowns in the fourth, so 14-3 the final. Ohio State's offense had 11 drives, 12 first downs. So here, Ohio State in September had the close win at Notre Dame. We heard the coach from his September quote. October, Ohio State beats Penn State. The Buckeyes were 11-0 going into the game at Michigan in late November, and I don't think anyone will remember that. Ohio State ends back-to-back seasons with a loss to Michigan and then a loss in the bowl game for the first time since 1990 and 91. Wow. And for Missouri, first bowl win, according to The Athletic, first bowl win against a top-10 team since the 1961 Orange Bowl when Mizzou beat number 4 Navy right before Roger Staubach got to Navy. We'll have to ask Arnie Spanier about that one on Saturday. Yes, I'm sure he was maybe even there. (laughs) Notre Dame with a Sun Bowl win. Clemson took the Gator Bowl. Memphis won at home in the Liberty Bowl. Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell is out this weekend with a high ankle sprain. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence will not play Sunday due to a sprained right shoulder. In the late NBA game, the Clippers at home with under seven minutes left lead 100-92 against Memphis. James Harden, 16 points, 13 assists. Boston won its fifth straight. Philadelphia won without Joel Embiid. Phoenix got a win over Charlotte. Charlotte's lost 10 in a row. College hoops. San Diego State won at number 13, Gonzaga, 84-74. And McNeese State won at Michigan tonight. So, yeah, Ohio State football lost. But Michigan basketball is now 6-7. Lost at home to McNeese State, 87-76. Back to you. By the way, you know who McNeese State's basketball coach is, right? No. It is... Will Strong, you know what, offer Wade, the former LSU. LSU, yeah, yeah, so. Mr. Scandal. Yes. He, credit to him. He's, he's a good coach. I mean, he, you know, he did some stuff at he LSU. He had a show cause, did he not, after that? No, he never got a show cause. Oh, so he, he could take any job. Yeah, well, and the school was proactive in suspending him like the first nine games of the year because they assumed an NCAA suspension was coming. So it, was a, it was a welcome to uh, the job moment, but it was also... Uh, it was also a, hey, by the way, we're suspending him the first nine games. So that, that really did happen uh, at the opening press conference, I believe. So. Everybody always gets another job. It's just oh, astounding. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to get another one after this one, too, if he keeps winning. So Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, thank you to Steve DeSager. We are in 
for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. When we come back, want to put a wrap on hour number three. I actually have one more college football question for you, Jason. We got to get to, by the way, preview it a loaded NFL slate, a loaded college football slate. That's all next. Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Jason Smith Show. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon are out. This is the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, I should say. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon are out. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin are in. Jason and I will also be in on Monday. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon will be back on Tuesday. The end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. All right, so real quick, I want to I, I wanna get to, you know, there's a lot of sporting events that, that we need to get to, but I was thinking about this just a moment ago as we were talking to Pete Futek. And DeSager, you can, you can chime in as well. But Jason, I know you were in last night, and I know Arnie was in as well. So Arnie has taken up the social media cause that all bowl games are meaningless and don't play them, and they mean nothing, and everybody opts out. And I'm curious from your guys' perspective, and I'll start with you, Jason. Last night, I could be mistaken, but I believe it was the Arizona Wildcats who won the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> it was, yes. Did 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 he, did he play up the oh these bowl games don't matter or was- no actually this is a quote from every hour of the show <laughs> yes this one mattered in fact he was, he was crabby when he used the word crabby to describe himself twice 
based on things that were happening in the football game, to which when I told my wife about it, who doesn't know Arnie and doesn't listen regularly, she still knew enough to say, is there a time when he's not crabby? Exactly. <laughs> and then Arizona dominates the fourth quarter, wins the game against the Sooners, and Arnie uh, claims that Chris, his Sunday night co-host, the Sooner sideline <laughs> reporter, is ducking him by taking Sunday night off for vacation during the holidays. That's right. Uh, New Year's Eve. But <laughs> but it's only because of the Alamo Bowl that, <laughs> yes. that he's taking off. Which, by the way, New Year's Eve, after certainly traveling this week between Christmas and New Year's for the Alamo Bowl, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Funny stuff. Yeah, no, I love Arnie, but, but you know, he really, you know, uh, listen, I'm not here to criticize other people's opinions. I have plenty of opinions, but he has really played up the bowl games don't matter thing. And I got the sense that last night uh, probably was not that. I'll say this, guys. We did note that the Rice Bowl game had the same rating as the NBA on Christmas average, which was 2.8 million viewers. So if that doesn't matter, then the other doesn't matter. And I'll say this. This has been one of my points for years with him when we argue about it, which is that who does it not matter to? Like, yes, the best players do not play. And by the way, Caleb Williams shouldn't play. He's got... Marvin Harrison tonight. Yes, Marvin Harrison tonight. He's Maybe got... opt out before the day of the game. Well, you know, I wonder if that was strategic. some sort of strategic yeah, thing. may have been. Because he was with... Sure worked. That offense was great. <laughs> yeah, well, it was humming. It they should just humming. let him play quarterback. It couldn't have been worse. Um, I, so this was my take, and I, and I, I, I want to shout out... Uh, uh, Martin Martin Weiss and VJ Husky, who preceded us today, who will precede us tomorrow, they kind of turn it into a segment. I think what we just have to do is accept, and certainly next year when we go to a 12-team playoff, these games that are not in the playoff, they are no longer the last game of the season. They are essentially the first game of next season. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, even Oklahoma losing last night, you could say, okay, well, Jackson Arnold got some reps. I don't I don't think they took it the way that maybe Ohio State fans did this year. But like look at USC. USC, it's been six weeks, seven weeks since they played. Basically three months of double that, that since they'd won. That's what I mean. <laughs> Set, you know, you know, you know, since early October, since there was anything positive. I think that was a positive for them. I think Clemson got some positivity yes. out of today. And they were very into it, and their fans were great at the Clemson game. I will say that even three decades ago, Coach Bill McCartney of Colorado installed a brand new offense just for the bowl game, treating it as the first game of next year. Yeah, and and and, and I think I think once we accept that, uh, then that's the way that it's gonna. How much? I'm sorry. It's like we're getting to have to accept that star football players in college football are more PR arms for the school than they are actually athletes at the school. Say, say that again? The star players at college football programs yeah. are more PR arms of the school than they are students of the school. Yeah, but and by the way, they're going to be employees probably here and not in the very yeah. too distant future. But, it, but that also speaks to what you said, though, is that... It, much like the NFL, the sport is healthy from the perspective that these games with players that nobody knows, the ratings are still great. Sure. The USC game was entertaining without Caleb Williams. Today's Clemson game was great. Today's Clemson game was great. By the way, last night's Oklahoma, Oklahoma that was a great entertaining game mm-hmm. without Oklahoma starting quarterback. So, J-Mart, feel free to chime in. I, I just feel like we have to stop thinking that it's 1982. We have a playoff. We get it. 
But it doesn't mean that these games can't serve a purpose and at the very least be entertaining, which I feel like they have been for the most part, you know, outside of tonight, frankly, uh, for most of the last week or so. I mean, I'm definitely more on the, yeah, there are probably too many games and there are some teams that, that shouldn't be in bowls that that are. Like 12 teams same, from the yeah. Sun Belt? Right. Exactly. 12, he said. Shout out yeah. 5 and 7 Minnesota, but continue. I would just, I would just say, <laughs> at this point, I just kind of shrug my shoulders. I watch some of it. I don't watch some of it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, those that enjoy it, enjoy it. It's fine. I know what it is. I know what it isn't, and I'm fine with that. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, and DeSager. We are in for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. NFL next. Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.